Report readers and listeners to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Along with me today, Mark Cook, also from PewterReport.com. Yes, we are going to be talking about that man up there on the screen, Jalen Darden, and he's having a heck of a heck of a start to his Bucks tenure. We're going to discuss that. We discussed it a lot on this pod yesterday. We're going to discuss it more today. We also got some sane stuff to talk about, Mark, that I'm just going to float out there that I Uh-oh. find hilarious. I cannot wait to talk about this on the pod. We got double whammy. I do wish Scott was on here for this, and I'll explain why in a moment, because he would really enjoy this next uh, portion of the pod that we're going to get into. But we've also got uh, special teams talk. Mark, I'm going to drop some special teams knowledge on you today that is going to blow your mind, and then I want to hear your thoughts on on not only – the Buck special team situations in general, but an old pal of yours, Bradley Pinion. You, you've been a guy that's talked about Bradley Pinion more than anybody else in Bucks media, probably. We're going to talk about Bradley Pinion a little bit today. I know, every, oh, talking about the punter, I'm jumping off this pod. Don't jump off this <laughs> Don't pod. jump you off. Know, you know you want to hear about Bradley Pinion because yes. these thoughts are unorthodox thoughts, and they're all brought to you by our friends over at Celsius. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. I got strawberry guava I'm rocking today. What do you got there? This is going to be the sparkling grapefruit. I haven't had one today, wow. but I'm getting ready to that. crack one open. I've got, uh, I've got, you know, some good news in my, my, my life. Not great news. I mean, it's not, you know, I'm not having a baby or anything like that, but, uh, but That's it's good. certainly worthy of a, yeah, that is good. <laughs> certainly worthy of a little bit of a Celsius celebration here. And I just want to mention, uh, John, one of our good friends, uh, a friend of the podcast, uh, Redfish, he's known in the chat and on the board. He's been around a long time. He's he's up in North Carolina, I believe. And uh, he actually posted a picture. He was doing some yard work this weekend. He found Celsius. He's actually been ordering it off of the website tab um, or, or the ad that we have. And uh, and he was loving the Celsius up in North Carolina while he was doing yard work this weekend. So I posted that on our Instagram to the Celsius page, but also our Instagram story. So listen, if you're a Celsius drinker, post a picture, send it to us, and uh, and we'll put it out on our social as well. So make sure to do that. Celsius yep. is 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 the best, no question about it. And that's something our fans have been great about doing, uh, letting us know when they're having a Celsius and they've tried a new flavor. We always love hearing that feedback and love hearing from you all. So let us know what you're trying. This strawberry guava would highly recommend. No sugar, lots of energy, no crash. It's a cheat code, folks. Wait, it's wait, wait, stuff. wait, wait. There's a strawberry guava now? Oh, there was yes. a kiwi guava. Now, that might be a game yes. changer. Yes. Oh, Because I'm it's... not a kiwi guy, but I love guava. So I wasn't a fan of the kiwi guava, but if there's a strawberry guava, I've got to get I've got to get some strawberry guava oh, for sure. It's great stuff. You know what else is great stuff? When you're just scrolling on Twitter and you come across something that's just incredible, that's just perfect content. And that's what happened to me a few minutes ago. Because I saw this headline from NBC Sports Edge, formerly known as Roto World Football. Winston's slant and accuracy, a problem for Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas. Uh Uh-oh. And I was 
howling <laughs> because we got the slant boy reference in there for Michael Thomas. We've got Jameis Winston and accuracy on slant routes and Larry Holder of the athletic goes, went on kind of a deep dive into Winston, Winston strengths and weaknesses as Tampa starting quarterback. And he said, his catchable pass percentage on slant routes dropped from 80% in 2018 to 61.1% in 2019. Winston's completion rate on slant routes dropped from 68% in 2018 to a miserable 52.8% in 2019. Thomas, of course, is known as a slant route maven. I mean... <laughs> People really gonna watch this guy and think the only thing he's ever done is 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 run a slant route. Meanwhile, he had like eighteen hundred yards in his season not that long ago. Uh, yeah, and like two hundred and fifty catches. I mean, the guy's right. the guy's not just a slant boy. I think didn't Carlton was it Carlton Davis or Jamel Dean who came up with that was, after the game? Carlton. It was well, actually, it was started as an internet rumor. This was, okay. a, I believe, a Reddit thing. Someone started it as an internet rumor that. That he, remember when Michael when Michael Thomas punched Chauncey Gardner Johnson yeah. in the Saints yeah. practice and got suspended. Well, somebody started the rumor that it was a fight was started because Malcolm Jenkins <laughs> referred to him in practice as Slant Boy, <laughs> and then Gardner Johnson tried you know added to right. it. Thomas punched Gardner Johnson, and that that became, like it was reported at first, and then it was realized that it was a fake made up story. But then, of course, as social media is want to do everyone just ran with it and then when when that happened the game happened and then carlton davis used it again to describe him in the tweet after the game so i just got a kick out of that i thought it was just unbelievable content uh on on a wednesday here well and and you know what that's uh boy that that takes up a lot of things i mean because you're right uh, michael thomas is is a is is not a uh, a good name around Buccaneer fans, and and I know Scott is Scott's not a fan of Michael Thomas. Scott is not you, a fan. Then you throw in the the Jameis Winston thing. I mean, it's just too perfect for this podcast, for right? Us to, to make fun of a little bit. Now, here's the thing with Jameis Winston, and we were always, um, you know, I, I, going back to 2015. You know, it just wasn't a throw that Dirk Cutter had him doing a lot of, and uh, and so you know, we used to say up in the press box, man, why don't they you know throw more slants to Mike Evans and things like that? Well. If you're only going to complete 50% of them or 58 or whatever it was in 2019, coaches probably knew a little bit better. That's a dangerous ball. A slant, an inaccurate slant pass is an interception waiting to happen in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're not right on the money with that thing, uh, number one, you can get a receiver kill. But number two, that ball is probably getting tipped up in the air. And, uh, you know, as a receiver reaches behind him to grab it, that ball is going to tend to go up in the air. That's an interception waiting to happen. And we know Jameis doesn't need any more um, things to help with his interception percentage. So, be fun to see what what uh, Sean Payton does with with Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas this year for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely! It'll be great uh, to be able to. I mean, I just can't wait to see Jameis on the field. Is always good content, uh, one way or the yes, other. Yes, yes. Um, so it'll be fun, and having him in the division definitely adds a layer of intrigue to those matchups. So that will make it exciting. The post Breeze era. If you were looking for a post Brady Breeze era, which was only one year, but <laughs> um, matchup. Right. It's definitely that Brady Winston uh, has some flavor to it too. Now, we'll see what happens with Taysom Hill. I'm not rolling him out. He actually played way better than I thought he would. I Not good still, but yeah. better than I thought he would last year right. when he got into the game. So, um, it's interesting stuff for sure. Can, okay, I, pull Mark. A, can I pull up a, a comment real fast that has nothing yes. to do with what we're talking about now? Um, hey, fellas, new here. I'm overseas and moving back, but what are season tickets running this year? They're running... Not available. 
I mean, it is a tough, tough ticket. I had a friend of mine that was looking for season tickets. This was about a month ago. And, and John, you know that I've been doing this for going on 11, 12 years, something like that now. And uh, I've got a ton of contacts in the ticket office and the in the group sales office, which they don't even have a group sales office anymore that need one. Um, the suite office. I had no connection to get this person's season ticket. So if mm. you don't already have them, it's going to be a tough, tough ticket to have for sure. And uh, so anyway, so Patrick Day, well, congratulations on moving back. I don't know where you're moving from, but anyway, welcome back to the good old USA. Yeah, that'll be uh, home. Hopefully, hopefully they can land those tickets. I mean, like you said, it's really, really difficult um, uh, for sure. But uh, that would be a great, uh, great opportunity to uh, get to a Bucks game and, and see what it will hopefully be. A full stadium this season? We'll see. Um, I, that think, would be... I think so, man. I think so. That yeah. Daytona just announced that their August big race uh, yeah. is going to be at 100% capacity, all the fan events and everything. So knock on wood, uh, the percentage keeps getting lower as more and more people get vaccinated or, or whatever right. your thoughts are on why it's going down. Um you know, I think I think it's going to be 100% capacity, and, and Buccaneer fans deserve it. That was a question I had in the mailbag this week. People were asking. Somebody asked specifically, is the Bucks' first preseason game, John, going to be bigger than any regular season game in the 2010 era? You know, wow. meaning 2010 to 2019. Right. And you know what? I laughed at that first. I said, that's the dumbest thing I ever. You know what? They're not. They're on to something here. Think about it. I mean, yeah, there was no playoff implications. Very few of Mm -hmm. those games during that decade had any playoff implication whatsoever. And and so then you you add in the year of most fans not being able to go to a game, an opportunity for fans for the very first time to lay their eyes on Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and Super Bowl champs inside that stadium. That, that's that's not that far fetched to think that that game will be a sellout. I, I don't think there's any yep. question about that. Maybe as exciting or a big of a game, a, ro- a raucous or rouse, what's the word, raucous crowd uh, that that we saw. And it'll kick during off the any season, the whole season. It'll yeah. kick off everything. Yep. That's awesome. Sure. And there'll be the ceremony that night, right? They get the rings. I, I, I'm, still, I'm, I'm still waiting to hear about that, but I, it's gonna. It's gonna for be sure. uh, it's gonna be crazy the, for sure. Raise the banner, or maybe that's week one. I don't know. I don't yeah, know probably that. probably week one, week one. But yeah, it uh, is week one. I think the yeah. Hall of Fame game. That's you've got the Hall of Fame attraction in the first preseason game. It's gonna be if it's that, gonna if be that fun. That is an man. attraction, fans. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Wait, who, there's a buck, right? John Lynch. That John Lynch is getting in this. Is that this year? Yeah, I was getting Lynch, years. John Lynch will, will be yeah. getting in this year. Yeah. Uh, he he so made it. That part of it. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. I'm excited about it for sure. Um. Yeah. So, okay. Here, I was going to drop some punt team or some not punt team. I moved on from punt team. Everybody knows I was talking about that. I wrote about it in Bucks Briefing, which, by the way, y'all read very well. And I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I was looking at kickoffs today, Mark. This is going to blow your mind. I'm going to write about this in Bucks Briefing, too. I'm going to give people actual video examples in Bucks Briefing. So, if you hear it here, read it out next Tuesday, too, because there's going to be some funny stuff in here. Are you ready for these statistics, Mark? I'm ready. Did you know? That the Bucks, the 2020 Super Bowl champion Bucks, were the worst team at kickoff coverage in NFL history. Did you history? know that? in NFL, NFL history? Mark, history, Mark? John, they didn't. They didn't give up a kick return for a touchdown, did they? Isn't that isn't that the kicker? They did not even give up wow. a kickoff return for a touchdown, and still managed to be in terms of average yards allowed. Per return, the worst team in NFL history. Now, here's the here's the caveat. 
They only allowed 14 kickoff returns all year. This is something we don't even pay attention to. I never even paid attention to this in the season. Bradley Pinion set almost every kickoff out the back of the end zone or right. was downed in the end zone. Almost of the 14 that they allowed, most of those were taken six to seven to eight, nine yards deep in the end zone. And they still allowed 33 yards per return. I mean, I was wow. blown away kind of just going through. I just went to NFL yeah. game pass and like watched the kit. And there are only 14 of them. And then there's three in the playoffs. So, I mean, we're talking 17 plays. And in a matter of minutes, I went, wow, they were horrible at defending kickoff returns. I mean, abysmal. Like, these are the numbers from kickoff returns this season. There was a zero-yard return on a squib kick in the playoffs, a 30-yard return, and a 31-yard return in the playoffs. Guy brings the ball out of the end zone. He should not be getting to the 20-yard line, especially if we're talking a couple yards deep in the end zone. Right. He should not be. He's not. It's not a running start. It's not like a short kick where you yeah. come up field it, you have a running start. No, right. you're backing up typically, fielding that thing, then starting forward. Should not be getting out past the 25. I mean, come on. Right. This is what consistently happened. 30, 31-yard return. 20, and then weeks 11 through 17, they were better. 27, 26, 27, 21. Still not great. Right. But those were the returns. Weeks 5 through 10 was, first of all, there was no weeks 1 through 4. They did not allow a kickoff return. The first kickoff return of the year was Cordero Patterson in week 5, taking one back from like nine yards deep in the end zone, like heels on the on the end line in the, yeah. in the back of the end zone, 40 yards. He had a 47-yard return in that and a 32-yarder. Three returns in that Bears game, 40, 47, 32 yards. Just terrible, terrible. By the way, then, then he was a free agent this year. He's with Atlanta now. The Bucs could have had him for like a million and a half dollars and, a year. And you bring up a good point, though. He's yeah. with Atlanta, so yeah. twice a year. Yep. And if the Bucs don't kick that ball out of the back of the end zone, he's taking it out because this was the worst – John, the, this this history. team is cursed by how good Bradley Pinion is on kickoffs. Well, it's here's gotta the be thing. a mental thing, though, right? I mean, they're so used to expecting. Why would a guy take it six, seven, eight yards deep, or it's just going to go out through the back of the end zone? I, I, is it is it most scheme or is it most guys wouldn't? And that's where I think Patterson. Yeah. Did most guys would not and they were so bad when guys did it that if they didn't have bradley pinion now 14 kickoff returns allowed that was the third lowest mark in the league so even though right. the bucks were they somehow had the third least kickoff returns allowed <laughs> and still allowed the seventh most yards wow that is bonkers mark i mean we are i'm telling you we're talking about the worst kickoff coverage group in nfl history it's not even close by the way they averaged 30 they allowed 33.64 yards per return last season. They are one of only three teams in NFL history to allow more than 30 yards on average per kickoff return. The other ones were still like three yards behind them. They're at least a yard better than the next worst team in NFL history. Oh, yard worse, I should say. And you're saying they even had one zero-yard return with the squib that's averaged into yes. that, yet it was still – Well, wild. no, the zero-yarder was in the playoffs, so that doesn't okay. take in the playoffs. all right, numbers, in the regular but, season. Okay. But there was a four-yard return on another squib kick, so that is taken <laughs> into account out of the 14. So that's yeah. one of them. The wow. other one, 40, 47, 32, 31, 44, 98. Those are the worst ones. And there's a bunch 25-plus, 25 to 30 range. Oh man, I'm telling you, Mark, I was watching the tape. I was just like, nobody gets through. Like it just, it's not like they're out of their lanes or super undisciplined. Definitely missed tackles contributed on the 98 yarder, but nobody gets off blocks and gets through the gets yeah. through the the blockers. You know, that's just I'm not a special team savant. I mean, I watch this and I'm just like, 
who's getting off a block and making a tackle. And they're all is, just is, is Keith Armstrong's job in jeopardy this year, John? We had him on the uh, Zoom calls, I guess, last oh, week. Uh, and listen, he was fired by Atlanta by a bad Dan Quinn coached football team. And, uh, and, and then Bruce hired him. Um, that's where he came from Atlanta. I like Keith Armstrong. He's a good guy. The, here's my thought on special yep. teams. If it's not a priority by the people of head ahead of you, meaning the head coach, the general manager and those things, yeah. then the, the special teams coach can only do so much, right? right? Because those are normally your leftover guys. Now they're backup guys and things like that too. As the season progresses though, and injuries happen, guys going into reserve or whatever reason, you're bringing people up off the practice squad. All of a sudden, they tend to be special teams guy in those late season games. And sometimes you see some some bad special teams play later in the season. But it looks like from what your stats that this team was just bad from from start to bottom. I and I, I don't want you all. I don't want your head to explode. But maybe you need to look at 2019 Armstrong's first year as a special teams coordinator. I actually, I actually did. You already and, did. Yes. And here's the numbers. You ready? Yeah. In that year, 2019, they only allowed nine kickoff returns. The only team to allow less kickoff returns, by the way, than the Bucs over the last two years is the Panthers. They've allowed 12 total, total, seven last year, five in 2019. So when the Panthers and Bucs play, yeah. don't expect. Actually, right. the irony of that is that the Panthers had a 98 yard return against the Bucs this past season. <laughs> John Murphy Bunting made the tackle at like the four yard line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, and that was actually one of the Bucs' worst games in kickoff coverage, too. It was actually after that game, Mark where they must have just been like, we are not kicking it in the field of right. play ever again. I think there were four returns the rest of the year after the second Panthers game. But anyway, 2019, nine kickoff returns, which was the second lowest in the NFL, again, after the Panthers. They allowed just 23 yards per return. So it was fine. They were around yeah. league average, uh, nine returns, You know, no touchdown. It was nothing notable. There was no notable breakdowns. I mean, obviously right. nine, you're talking about even less than 14. Um, so – but yeah, that was it was uh, for whatever reason last year. And again, I don't know enough about Armstrong. I'm not necessarily saying he he's horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Clearly, I, I there were some issues. But I, I don't think I don't think um, you know I don't I don't think he's his job's in jeopardy. And, and the reason I say this is because what I said earlier. Again, if your football team or upper management doesn't put a lot of emphasis on special teams, um, the special teams coach can only do so much. What's the old saying? You can only you can't make chicken salad out of chicken. You know what? Yeah. And um, and essentially, maybe that's what Armstrong. Again, you'd have to really break down with somebody who studies special teams to know exactly what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, were you know you saying most of those kicks were taken deep out of the end zone? So there are coaches out there who like the. You see it in college too, and they changed the rule in college that where you can now fair catch it. Um, inside uh, the play of field, not just in the end zone like in the old days, and and uh, and it go to the twenty five or whatever it is in college football. But um, but there are te teams in the NFL that that'll pooch it up and uh, and want to create a return, right? Try and pin a guy back deep, uh, kick a ball high towards the corner, and, and go down there and pin him inside the twenty five yard line. But uh, I don't think that was the case with the Buccaneers. It just sounds like they were just really bad. It wasn't any kind of scheme they were coming up with. Hey, let's try and create a return and pin them deep. It was just, uh, we're bad. Again, maybe, and we're going to maybe give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Uh, these guys were thinking, well, it's Bradley Pinion, right? He he booms the ball through the end zone so often. It's, it's, John, I get up, and you you get up. We all get up uh, during that, after the Buccaneers score. We run to the restroom. We go get some more food in the press box, whatever it is. It's it's okay because we don't care if we miss the kickoff because we assume Bradley Pinion is going to kick it through and it's going to be down. That's you true. Know, we don't really look at returns. I mean, that's 
you know, if we're going to take a break, that's the time to do it. So maybe that's what the, the kick coverage unit was thinking. But when we talk about things that, you know, where this team can improve and, and okay, they're Super Bowl favorites again this year, uh, that can, that can hurt a football team. I mean, it's a third yeah. of the game and, and they corrected the kicking problem with the Matt Gay, Ryan Suckup thing. Uh, hopefully, I know kickers can turn on a dime too. Matt, Gay, I mean, Brian Suckup could totally lose his mind uh, in yeah. preseason this year and not be able to hit the broadside of a barn. I know my son True. was a kicker in high school. I know how yeah. flighty they can be, but uh, but they've got to get better on special teams if they're going to get. You know, when we talk about where they can improve, from what you're saying, certainly special teams is one unit that needs to improve. Yeah, David says, is there an underlying reason you see for their horrid kick coverage? It's a good question, David. I mean, I will say this. 14 is a small sample size. However, to be as bad, I mean, you're talking, okay, let's include playoffs, 17 kickoff returns, including playoffs. On 13 of those 17 kickoff returns, they allowed 25 yards or more. I mean, if if they were 23 and that was around league average last year, 25, even just two yards more, even if it were just 25, that wouldn't be good. So 25 or more, 13 of 17, again, it's just – I mean, it's just bonkers. They obviously didn't care about it at all. They just said, uh, you know, we're just you're not right. going to give our teams opportunities to return the ball enough you know, for that to happen. Uh, so we will see, obviously, what changes this year. Again, I'm sure they're going to be – it looks like under Armstrong, they're just a team that's going to try and kick the ball out of the back of the end zone. I am Yes, one bad play can change a game, no question. I mean, the Panthers, if they'd scored, I don't remember even what happened on that drive. But just giving an example, if you score a touchdown on a play like that, I mean, obviously it gives you, it gives you the opportunity to change a game. I don't know that I would say let's if the Bucks are probably going to allow like between eight and four, 15 returns all season long and kick right. off. So if you get a little bit better, you're probably okay. Um, so I don't think it's like the biggest thing in the world to stress about, unlike punt coverage, where you got to be on it with punt coverage because you're yeah. going to allow returns all year. You know, yeah. so you got to be on it. And they were, yeah. again, I don't think the coverage was as bad as the protection this past season. Um, what, what a good, article, what a good article you put out on Tuesday. Um, you know, look, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. You know that, John. Sometimes I read the book's briefing and it goes over my head because I'm just not that smart, right? I'm I'm not a, a technician like you are when you break things down. But that one was really, really good, man. I mean, for people who who maybe skip over some of the technical stuff or the longer form stuff, go back and read John's book's briefing from this week. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was my favorite one. It might, I don't know about best. How do you rank them? But to me, it was as interesting as anything because you presented some great video clips specifically of things that 99% of us don't pay attention to, including Scott Reynolds in our group text. He, he when As you were talking about it and sending us clips as you were writing the article, Scott said the same thing. He goes, you know what? I just kind of scan to see, you know, who yeah. the protector guy is, you know, who the gunners are and, you know, mm-hmm. make sure it's the normal guys, but you don't really look at the the guys along the line of scrimmage. And I had no idea the Buccaneers had swapped things up so much in the Super yeah. Bowl. And, and, and one of the funniest things was, is they were switching guys on every punt there in the, in the Super Bowl a couple of times, right? It went from, uh, you know, whoever it was to, to, Later, to, yeah. to Kevin Minter, to, to Shaq Barrett. I mean, and the, the Saints game was especially an example of that too. You know, I think it was both, right. but the Saints game too. I mean, that was, you know, and here's one thing I don't think, I don't know if I talked about this in the pod or in the article, maybe I did. And I apologize if I did tell the story, I'm, I'm getting old, so I'm forgetting whether that I did. But in that game, everybody talks about the Saints blocking the back play. Remember when right. the second return of the punt return of the game, Bucks punted on their first two possessions against the Saints. Second punt return of that game, Deontay Harris takes one back uh, yeah. all the way for a touchdown and gets called back because Anthony Nelson was blocked in the back. Everybody says the Bucs were lucky that that happened. 
I mean, it was clearly a block in the back, and yeah. Anthony Nelson was about. So, I mean, it was a good call. Yes, they had already allowed a pretty decent return at that point in time. Here's the situation, okay? The first punt return of the game, Andrew Adams is the right wing. He gets basically lets his guy cross his face, and Jack Cicci is the right tackle. He's mm-hmm. filling in for Kevin Minter, who was on the COVID list, remember? Yeah. So Cicci, love him to death, but injured a lot. <laughs> Adams lets his guy cross his face. That guy hits Cicci as Cicci's engaged with his guy. Cicci falls over as he gets kind of ear-holed right. inside. He falls over, arm snaps underneath. Oh, Everybody yeah. remembers the Gosh, replay, right? Yes. Cici is writhing, rolling around on the ground in agony as Andrew Adams is trying to recover from finishing his block, which he knocked his guy into Cici. Into Cici. He falls over Cici, and the two of them get tangled up with one of the guys for the Saints. That's the whole right side of the, of the group yeah. other than Mickens. Yeah. So Mickens is out there. He gets down there. He beats his guy, misses the tackle. I mean, he, just, he hits him. Harris right. steps out of Mickens' tackle, and there's nobody left. Because Adams is tangled up with Cici, who's writhing around on the ground with his broken, with broken arm, arm right. in agony. So that's the reason that big return happened. And now, thankfully, on that play, um, it was Adams who recover, helped recover, and he uh, get back in the play. But he was way late getting into his lane, and so they eventually got him out in that play. But it was yeah, it was a it was a big game. That was it was an ugly play, but it was just kind of it was kind of like a freak situation, right? Like. The guy who's normally not even in there, who's made a glass, gets hurt, sure. and another guy falls over him, and they all get kind of tangled up on top of each other in a pile, and so you lose half your coverage group. It was just a very bizarre situation. Then on the next part return, the one that went back for a touchdown that was called back, Devin White came in to replace CG, which I haven't seen Devin White on the punt team. Right. So I don't know what happened there, if that was like a last-second Get out there. I don't know because he wasn't out there again the rest of the game because Devin White ran down the field, completely overran his lane and overran the tackle. Deontay Harris cuts back into a little space that White vacated and then gets a good run back. Nelson is there to clean up, gets blocked in the back, it gets called back. But Devin White, who's the replacement of the replacement, screws up the part. So it was kind of like everybody goes back to those two plays, and I get it, but it was really kind of a freak situation. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily like – I wouldn't say like, oh, Keith Armstrong, like, come on. Right. Um, especially the first one. It was just kind of like a mess. And then you're talking about the third string punt cover guy. Then after that, it was Shaq Barrett on the next punt and Levante David on the next punt. So they ended up going through four different guys as the right tackle on the punt team in that group. And, and Barrett and, and Levante David did their job well, and there was no other damage done on returns after that. But there's the story of how the Saints returns happened, by the way, for anybody who hadn't uh, But John, John, it. as as you've broken down this game film and and exposed a weakness in the Buccaneers uh punt coverage and their and their kick return coverage, so have the other 31 NFL teams, particularly yeah. the 17 that the Buccaneers are going to play this year. Um so uh, there's no question they've got to figure out a way to improve it. A guy like Bill Belichick will find a way to expose a weakness in those things. I mean, right. the savvy coaches, the coaches that put emphasis on special teams, they'll find a way to, um, to, to exploit the Buccaneers. And again, last year, it didn't say, you know, they won the Super Bowl. As somebody said in the conversation earlier, uh, the worst special teams uh, group in Super Bowl winning history. I mean, okay. You know, if that's the worst thing, you still win the trophy. It's okay. But, uh, but it is something they got to clean up, especially if they're going to go on a, on a, re- on a return thing where they want to, um, I say return, 
goal of uh, of winning their second in a row right absolutely if you have any questions by the way let them fly already some really good ones today but we are here to answer questions today too even as we dive in all the special team stuff if you want to know about special teams ask away some already some good questions going to get to a couple more in a second but first want to let you know locker room is changing the way we talk sports it's the only place for audio conversations live audio conversations about the takes rumors news and teams you care about React to sports news as it happens. Gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games. Rep your favorite teams and find your community. Better Sports Talk is just a tap away. Download on the Apple App Store and join the conversation on Locker Room tonight. I'll be live on there probably around. I'm actually going to be a little bit early tonight. I don't know if Josh is going to be able to join me or not tonight as he normally does, but I'll probably be a little bit earlier than I normally am on there. I'll be I'll be driving. I'll be mobile. I've done it before, though. I can do it safely. I promise. Mom. That's not um, a good idea, John. Oh, John. I'm not. You don't touch anything. It just you just set it next to you. So I start it before I drive, oh, and then okay. I, it just sits there. I don't touch it at all. So it's so it's great. No one wants um, to. Hit, you know, you you were talking the other day about uh, about traffic in your in your area. I don't yeah. want you to become a casualty, John. All right, so be careful. I don't want that either, Mark. I, I hear you on that. No, but I know we do it safe for sure. So uh, right. that's how we do it. But yes, um, so we'll be on tonight. And we'll talk a little bit more in detail. We answer some questions. We get into some X's and O's. We do some fun stuff on there. Uh, that'll be tonight on Locker Room. Uh, let me jump in here on some of these questions. Ben asks a good one. Have you watched the film on the PATs that were either blocked or kicked with a player rushing at suck up from last season? I seem to remember that happening a good three to five times. Yes, uh, this is something I'll definitely take. I actually looked at these in the weeks that they happened. Um, so I have notes on them. I have to go back and look, but that is, I'm kind of moving through them in phase, right? Okay. So I looked at the punt team and now I'm going to look at uh, the kickoff team and then I'll kind of look at, you know, the return team and, and so on and so forth. I think the return team, by the way, uh, sneak peek actually did pretty well last year, all things considered. But um, those are some things that wasn't, I'll look at as we wasn't go through those blocks. Weren't those, Joe Hague. Uh, weren't those Joe Hague? Yeah. Joe, Joe Hague, at least he was definitely a fault for at least one. At least of them, two of them. Maybe my, I think it was two. I think you're right. I think it was two. Of I them, definitely, so. definitely that first one against new Orleans in the season opener. Um, yeah, I believe one happened there and that was definitely Joe Hague. Again, yeah. uh, we, 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 we talk about, uh, you know, again, I'm no special teams guru either. I coached high school football by gosh. So I'd know more than Keith Armstrong, but, but in all seriousness, I mean, you know, blocking four kicks, um, you always step down, right? You just don't let anybody get through to the inside. You, you know, yeah. fo force everything outside. That's That's been what you do all along. And why in that instance, in that game, Joe Haig let a guy cut inside? I, I don't know. It had to have been a brain fart or whatever. But then I believe it happened again a couple weeks later, mm -hmm. which is just so weird uh, that, that it could happen it again. Right. But uh, but they did get it correct toward the end of the season. I mean, it didn't happen. There was no issues during the playoffs or anything. It was regular season. But but I believe there were two instances for sure that we can pin on on Joe Haig. Right. And I don't think all the Bucks special teams were disastrous. I mean, obviously, the field group was great most of the season. We yeah. remember the negatives. But also, when you convert as much as they did on opportunities, it's part. It's just it's the kicker. But also, it's protection. And it's uh, making sure, you know, the snaps are good. The holds are good. So all of that matters, you know, we're kind of leading up to this but bradley pinion's just you know again it's punter so we're not gonna like put him in the hall of fame or anything but like it's just good reliable guy i mean he's good punter all season good play on punts um did a nice job there hasn't had as one pump blocked in his career that was i think what back in 2016 or 2018 or something like that i think it's 2018 like so i mean he just a quick trigger same process consistent um yeah. i mean i've watched pittsburgh for years try to just find a punter i mean just 
anybody who could put three good games together in a row. You know, it's harder than yeah. you think, and it matters. Yeah. And so I think he was just – and, again, the kickoffs, I mean, the fact that Suckup doesn't have to do those, but also the opinion is just so good at those. Um, the holds, you know, I, all of it. I mean, he's a guy that they value, and it, it is what it is. He's a punter, but I think he's really kind of an important piece. And so I uh, – well, yeah. well, John, and and let's not forget about the holy trinity of kicking, the snapper, the holder, and the kicker. Um, how important those three are, and um, I, I joke and I don't know about I Zach Triner. Well, I don't want to bring up Zach so much as I want to bring up Bradley Pinion as that holder for Ryan Suckup this year. And there was some talk in the offseason with the Buccaneers salary cap situation. When you look at Bradley Pinion making over $3 million a year, a lot of fans, I say a lot of fans, there were a handful of fans who were saying, just get rid of Bradley Pinion, you know, save $3 million or three and a half, whatever it is a year. And so I texted one of my sources in the organization and they laughed. They said, there's no way, no how that we're going to disrupt those three yeah. guys. Uh, they're going to keep that together because they've struggled for so long to have any continuity in the kicking, in the field goal, and extra point game. They're just not going to take a chance on that. If $3 million to have Ryan suck up, cook, kick 9%, that's a, that's a bargain in the Buccaneers' mind as far as uh, results go versus cost of effectiveness. So, yeah, no, Bradley Pinion, you know, he's, he's great at kickoffs. He's a solid punter. He does what they ask him to do. And they do ask him to do specific things. If you, when you look mm -hmm. at Bradley Pinion, you'll see him with a lot of the drop nose kicks, and a lot of times you do that when you're standing around your fifty yard line uh, to try and get that ball to bounce back when you're trying to pin it yeah. inside the, the the twenty yard line. Bradley Pinion has done that even at different times. Just I remember early in 2019 when Ryan Smith was suspended for the first three or four games, whatever it was, for his PED deal. They were having some issues, so. They basically said, we're not worried about a 48-yard punt, Bradley. We'll take a 39 with no return. Mm -hmm. And we saw him doing that drop nose. Again, there's probably a technical name for it where you drop the nose of the football. You know, you kick it up high and you let your guys get underneath it. And, um, and, it and, and, and he did do that. And I remember talking to him in the locker room because he was catching a lot of flag because if you look at his average per kick in 2019, particularly early in the year, it was not good. It was towards the bottom of the league. And I remember talking to him in an open locker room one day and mentioning how I've noticed him, you know, putting the nose down a little bit more. And he kind of laughed and he says, finally, somebody's paying attention. Now, he didn't want to go on the record, per se, and have me write an article about that to try and, you know. Yeah. But he, what, what he was saying is confirming that, you know, there are specific things that they ask him to do. Punt to the left, try and pin For to sure. the sideline, punt to the right. It's not just rear back there and kick it as far as you can. Some teams still go for that. Reggie Roby, before you were even born. John, he oh, was the Miami Dolphins punter. I this guy, Reggie, could, <laughs> he could punt the ball out of out. Re, rest in peace, Rebbe, Reggie. But uh, he could punt the ball out of the stadium. Now, you, we we always joke about you outkicked your coverage when a guy's dating a good looking girl. Well, that comes from a true thing. I mean, you outkick your coverage sometimes when you boom one fifty five yards. That's when you tend to see a lot of long returns, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Reggie Roby was also a Buccaneer for a couple years as well. For you old time creamsicle guys like myself, but um. But anyway, but Bradley was, you know, basically saying, yeah, I mean, they don't just tell me, you know, I could right. I could kick the ball on average 45, 47 yards mm -hmm. and Best, and be yeah. towards a, a top five guy. But that's not it's not what we, they ask. Not, us yeah, that's, exactly. that's why you can't always use statistics at all to measure punting. Like True. you can't you can't at all. I mean, you just have no idea. Situationally, everything's right. different. So makes it hard. Uh, first is tragedy says, how much does Stewards Grant Stewards lack of lateral quickness and hip flexibility Hurt him on coverage units. Does it hurt him at all since coverage is typically straight line speed? I think coverage-wise, he'll be okay. 
He has a small tackle radius. That will matter. Anthony Nelson, one of part of his effectiveness, and Justin Watson, too, is both of those guys can tackle outside their frame. And Anthony Nelson, you know, say we want about him on defense and how he's not really cut, lived up. I don't know. He's fourth rounder. So he probably up to exactly expectations and nothing more. Um, you know, but he is he's good on special teams. He he's one of the better guys on their kickoff coverage group. He was a good punt coverage guy. Um, he's a good blocker. He plays the, the right guard position for them on on punt team. Um, he's a good solid guy and he played every snap here on the punt team. He was one of the only guys um, one of the few guys, he and Ryan Smith, well, along with Triner and Pinion, obviously. So, you know, he's kind of effective in that way, but he's got that big tackle radius. So he might not be that quick laterally, but he can go outside his frame and drag guys down, trip guys up. Stewart doesn't really have that. And the other part of Stewart that's going to really matter is his size. He's just not a very big guy. And everybody, oh, that doesn't matter on special teams. Well, if you're a linebacker on special teams and you're active for yes. game days, you're going to be one of the linemen, probably. Almost certainly you're going to be one of the linemen um, so he's got a disadvantage there uh, on punt team. Uh, he'll be one of the linemen. He's at a disadvantage there when you compare him to Joe Jones or when you compare him to KJ Britt being smaller than those guys. He's going to have to block. The other thing that makes it tough is Joe Jones is an established special teamer. He's played every single, except for long snap, obviously. He's played right, left guard, right guard, right tackle, left tackle on the punt team in his career. So he has experience in all those spots. He's played right tackle a ton that was mentor spot uh he's played left tackle a good bit that was uh that was um cam gill spot most last most right. of last year assuming gill is not a, not active as much as he was last year because he'll probably be the fifth guy unless he beats nelson out which is possible um he was pretty good on the punt team not very good at all on the kickoff team in my opinion um you know i thought watson was their best guy on both to be honest which is again yeah just adds to the conversation between you know he and tyler johnson and those guys um for that wide receiver six seven and how that's all going to shake out because he's going to be good but you're right i mean and somebody said this earlier i think josh allen said it earlier that like the special team emphasis on the offseason is big because they brought in a bunch of guys with experience playing teams and joe jones is one of those guys and raven green talking the other day about how he's cut his teeth in special teams is like know his thing and that's you know where he can't wait to contribute and uh, he's an emphasis there and uh, antonio hamilton has made his cut his teeth there and uh, been an impact guy in that regard um you know so there's obviously an emphasis on that i'm probably forgetting uh, some others too but even in the draft i mean that was clearly an emphasis with with wilcox with Britt, with stewart all those guys special teams uh you know uh, ability and experience um so it's smart of the bucks to emphasize that i think kickoff coverage kickoff team is the least important of the special teams groups it just again especially for the bucks you're going to kick the ball out of the back of the end zone right. how many times you know in the season you're not going to face that many kickoff returns you know it'll probably be around 10 if they you know that's what they should probably shoot for uh this season could be less i mean honestly it was less like i said uh in 2019 so you're just talking about a very 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 small part of of kind of what they all do there are not going to be many return guys even as patterson did three of those 14 returns in the regular season were patterson taking it from eight nine yards deep so i mean we are definitely talking about a, a rare situation for the bucks that they're not going to face very often the season but yes i think it would help not to have pat o'connor on the kickoff coverage team I mean, it's we've gone outside of the wheelhouse of ability for this man like I, I love him as the left guard on the punt team i get it but like kickoff coverage for pat o'connor like i just right. don't know if i'm not saying he's bad he moves better than you think maybe he's not as bad i mean again i'm no special team savant or anything but it just i just felt 
he could not move well enough to kind of capture guys when they were in his space uh, on the field. So they need to be well, better in a few John, areas. Tackling's one of them too. Special teams, and I'm going to go back to the Grant Stewart thing briefly. You know, special teams to me, success is is as much attitude as it is talent. And I say that because when you look at some of the greatest special teams players in NFL history, a guy like uh, Steve Tasker, for instance, or a Larry Izzo, um, those are guys who are not athletically. Bill Bates was another guy for the Cowboys, right? Who was just a tremendous special teams guy. Was an okay positional player, yeah. but they were just special teams demons and aces. Justin Watson's a perfect example. He's not a top six receiver on this roster right now. He's right. just absolutely not. But he's the best special teams player. Why? Because that's his craft. That's his niche. I remember Luke Stocker a long time ago. Uh, he never. We we all thought Luke Stocker was going to catch a lot of balls in the NFL, and he just never did. And he he got really strong and really big during one off season. I remember talking to him after an OTA or a mini camp, and uh, and I said, you know, I mean, he was just destroying the sled one day. And I asked him. He said, you know what? There comes a time in your NFL career where you've got to decide what you're going to be really, really good at. And I'm going to be a really good blocker. I, for whatever reason, I'm not going to have success as a pass catcher in the league. I just haven't had it, whether it's bad luck, whatever it is. And uh, But same thing with special teams. Justin Watson knows he's not going to be a Hall of Fame receiver. He's not going to be a top 10 yeah. Buccaneer receiver in history and yards and things like that. But he's found his niche. Uh, maybe Grant Stewart finds that niche because, again, attitude, uh, want to, desire, those things have a lot to do with success in special teams. When you look at some of the greatest guys that have ever played who are perennial pro bowlers at that position, you know, as a, and I don't even know if they still do a special teams pro bowler anymore because there's really not a lot of special teams do, in, in the pro bowl itself. But so, you know, again, like a guy like Steve, we all remember Steve Tasker. I don't remember him doing anything on the field. I mean, I'm sure he did. Uh, I think he was a wide receiver for the Bills, but, but we just all remember him for being that stud uh, of of a of a special teams guy and and uh, maybe Grant Stewart becomes that that's that's kind of what I was right. trying to bring up with that definitely yes, Reggie, Ro Reggie Roby is dead somebody asked yes he died in 2005 somebody was surprised right. that uh, Roby's dead Michael Henderson sorry about that sorry to have to break the news to you buddy uh, good time to mention our friends over at Briar Greaves Insurance right before we get to the last speaking couple of questions. personal <laughs> protector man when you're That's looking right. for an up up back in your life when you're looking for somebody to protect your family who's getting ready to kick the football John Briar Greaves is the place to go Briar and Sam do a tremendous job they are my personal protector for my property for my insurance for my family safety um, I've been with Briar Greaves for several years now love the service that I get for them Listen, I've I'm I'm a cheap guy, right? I like to save as much money as possible, but sometimes saving money isn't always the best thing. The thing is, Briar Reeves actually did save me money, but they also gave me that personal touch that you don't get from the 1-800 numbers that you call for insurance. Nobody listening right now doesn't need some sort of insurance. We all need health insurance, life insurance, auto insurance. Uh, maybe you just need homeowner's insurance. Maybe you just rent. You want renter's insurance. You can get a renter's policy for less than $200 for the entire year. I'm not even kidding. Call Briar Reeves right now, wherever you're at, briarreevesinsurance.com, but you can reach him at 813-876-4166, 813-876-4166. Call Sam, call Briar. They're tremendous. Diana does a great job in that office as well. Talk to anybody in the staff. They'll give you personal service. If you've got a question, you can compare your policies, but make them your personal protectors for your life. Briar Greaves Insurance, briargreaves.com. Great we nailed stuff that from segue, John. We, we nailed that segue, John. We are we are professional segwayers.
That was an incredible segue, not going to lie. Uh, isn't Triner easily replaced? He's not very good at blocking. Way more important for a long snapper to snap plus block as opposed to being able to tackle. <laughs> Let me answer this one. Let me answer this one. I kind of answered it earlier. I'll say this. Now, again, I don't know what the contingency backup long snapper plan is for the Buccaneers. If is it Anthony Nelson? Hurt in the oh, long term. Yeah. I, Lord knows I hope it's not. And I say that because at OTAs the other day, he was throwing looping snaps back. I thought, and I think I texted you guys, I was like, dude, you do not want Anthony Nelson having the snap if Ryan Suckup's got to kick a game-winning field goal. Yeah. Uh, it literally looked like a Little League snapper where the ball, you know, it's not that straight line. It was, woo, up in the air and then over. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Uh, you don't mess with, he's easily replaceable, but what are you going to replace him with? Another guy that makes 999000 the NFL minimum, whatever it is. I mean, He's he, not Triner, like his salary cap hurting you. I mean, what, what just he, gets he, in the he, way as a blocker. That's what he does. And right. he plays his tail off. I mean, he fights like a crazy person. But yet, there were probably times like he just got, I mean, obliterated in a way you don't see guys get obliterated in the trenches in the NFL. Like he got wrecked, carried back. One Chiefs game, I think it was, I can't remember if it was regular season or Super Bowl. He got carried back literally into Pinion before Pinion's leg kicking leg could come down. He got thrown into into Pinion. Pinion Should that have been a penalty? I I don't think so because he because, just got blocked. Because in the, but in the league, in the league, I, I you can't you can't head you up let their line up against they come down. You, you know, yeah, you gotta, oh yeah. yeah. He you have to wait till he picks his head up, but he had picked his head up. Okay. I mean, that's how right. fast this guy drove him back. That was incredible. Wow. His. I'm telling you, he's not a very good blocker. There's no question about it. But he does work his tail off, and he's not like a horrible athlete. So he gets down there. He gets involved for sure um, in, in the in the coverage group. So, um, yeah, he's typically the, the, the least, last guy to release, I think. The least-looking athlete in the Buccaneer locker room that I'm going back as many years as I can remember, long snappers, because the 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 kicker, the punter, the long snapper, they have, John, and in, in, in when we finally get back in open locker room, if we ever do, um, when you're in the Buccaneers locker room, and if anybody's ever taken a tour, as soon as you walk in through the doors, if you look to the right in the corner by the double doors that go into the training room, there's three lockers there, and then there's three across from there. Uh, but the three to the left, um, that would be the east side of the locker room. That's Triner, uh, Pinion, and and whatever kicker of the week they had before mm -hmm. Suckup got here. Um, but I was going to say, uh, they've always been some of the least athletic looking guys. You're like, you're like, Hey, why is that just random guy sitting there at the locker room? And then you realize, Oh, that's the long snapper. That's Zach Triner or before him. I, I can't remember the guy's name. He, he came from Florida state. I should remember his name, but he was with the team for a few years. Then Andrew DePaolo was there. And again, guys that you, John, it looked like literally you have a better physique than the Buccaneers long snappers the last 10 years. That's a true story. Thank you're you. bigger in person than when I met you, by the way. You're much bigger. What do you like? Everybody six, thinks nine? I'm small. The, no, it's no. three. Everybody oh, thinks I'm small on the podcast for some reason. Do my shoulders look small on this pod? Like, I don't know. You know, this this thing here, the, these these cameras and the way we look now, it, it definitely – I've got pretty broad shoulders, but I do look like uh, an old man with, with my shoulders drooping, and you kind of do too. But when you see John in person, guys, um, you know, I always said, man, I can't wait to meet John Ledyard. Uh, I'm going to kick his ass. And then I saw him. I was like, you know what? I'm probably not going to kick his ass. No. You He's said got that? some guns. <laughs> I mean, that's I a joke, you. you know what I mean? I didn't really want to kick your ass. I just want to kick everybody. I think I, I mean, could kick I everybody's ass. I realize I can't. But, but no, I mean, when I saw you, I was like, yeah, no, he's good. Yeah, I'll let him, I'll let him, I'll let him slide this time. In all seriousness, our Elliot. buddy Skip Brown, 
our Skip Brown, a, a friend of our of the Peter Report crew for years. I remember he met you at the um, at the Glory Days thing, and he's like, "Damn, John's a lot bigger than I thought." I said, "Yeah, me too." Yeah, he said, "I'm I'm not probably not going to mess with him." I said, "Yeah, good idea." I said, "He's a nice guy. I don't even know if he's a fighter, but uh, but you know, I don't think you want to wrestle with John." No, more lover than fighter for sure. No question. Elliot says, how do you expect the Bucks to get Mike Edwards more involved uh, formations, packages, situations? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, this is a, one of the tricks of the offseason, in my opinion, Elliot. Um, I really think they need to find a way to get him on the field more. Bruce Arians was honest about that when he talked to Mark and I on the Peter Report podcast a few weeks ago. Um, he said, yeah, he's a guy we're always looking for ways to get him on the field more because um, he is really talented. But it's difficult because Edwards is kind of a free safety and so the, the best way to do it, if you're going to play three safety packages, which I'm not opposed to, would be get somebody off the field and cover like a linebacker. But I don't know if they want to do that. White's evolving. Right. And Levante Davis is a great coverage option. So if you're not going to do that, he almost has to replace Jordan Whitehead or Antoine Winfield replaces the nickel corner. And you play with Winfield as a nickel and, and the other and Whitehead and, and uh, Edwards as the safeties. Um, we are going to find out a lot about what the box believe is in Winfield's wheelhouse. Um, that's going to be a big part of all this, right? Like do the Bucks see Winfield and, and toward the end of the year, he, a little bit of that against the saints, right? He was playing in the slot a little yeah. bit Cook, uh, punch uh, with the fumble. That was a play where he was in the slot. So, I mean, if they feel like he can be more of a strong safety slot type of player, then Edwards probably plays more because Winfield was mostly the free safety last year. And that could mean Whitehead comes off the field more. That could be Sean Murphy bunting or, or Jamal Dean doesn't play as much. Sean Murphy Bunting stays outside. Um, there are options for the group. All of it kind of hinges on Winfield. And I'll probably write about this at some point this summer, but it, it all hinges on Winfield. He's a guy, right? He's the versatile guy. Whitehead is. I feel like you know Edwards is a free safety at this point. Um, you know Whitehead's going to have some limitations if you put him in man coverage. You know, I they don't really have a true slot corner. I think it would be great for Sean Murphy Bunting to be able to play outside, and Dean could be the third outside corner, and Winfield plays in the slot more. That would be wonderful. I just don't know. He was good at it in college, but, I mean, you're facing the – if you're playing the slot in college, you're facing just a way worse level. You're facing, the, facing another team's, like, number three receiver in college that most of the time because teams you – know, most of these offenses don't put their slot at quite as often. So it's something to think about with Winfield and see what he can do but that a lot of edwards is going to do is going to depend on that long you know, and, and I, says, I want i want to say one thing about mike edwards and, sure. and again it's been said several times every time the guy gets on the field he tends to make a play i mean so i agree you got to figure out a yeah. way to get him back on the field a little bit more he, he just you know he, he just impacts the game when he gets his opportunities usually in a good way so hopefully they can but like you said this will be interesting all season to see how they can utilize trying to get him back on the field a little bit more jordan whitehead this is his last year of his contract john is that yes. right right yeah so, so next year you know, maybe easy yeah easy answer yeah. for that i mean the the question next year then we does winfield play strong safety and edwards plays free do they bring in somebody else and keep edwards as the third safety um that'll be the question for next year but clearly you'll have two two guys at least there still if, if Whitehead moves on um, the other thing that I'll say, I'm still not giving up hope that the Bucs run out my, my package uh, that I really liked, and they play Devin White a little bit as a pass rushing role, and they put Whitehead in there at, at linebacker with David. I mean, Whitehead is a great run defending safety, one of the better run defending safeties in the league. Um, I wouldn't mind at all seeing him out there in those situations. I think that would uh, definitely be helpful. That's Though. We'll see if they end up doing some package like that at some point this season. Long Lost Glazer wants to know, would you trade Godwin for Diggs compensation? 
a first, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Anybody asking about who for a second and Diggs getting a dump truck muddies the market. I wouldn't trade him just because, I mean, I get what you're saying in terms of compensation and I, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense analytically in some ways, but I would trade him because this is the reality of their window, right? Like you're trying to win with Brady and this yeah. is the best chance you're going to see is the best chance you're going to have. Not have a great chance, probably not as good a chance as this year, just math, just looking at, you know, everybody return and the continuity and it's probably not going to happen next year. I mean, it's not going to happen. So, you might have a good chance next year, but this is a great, great chance for another ring. And you don't always get that. So you keep your best players because of that. Not saying it's not good compensation. Yes, if Godwin got traded, it should be for Diggs level compensation, in my opinion. Um, I don't remember. Although, although a fourth, fifth, trade. and a sixth, one of those guys is going to make your team. I mean, when you look at the odds of, of guys. So essentially, you're getting a first rounder that'll make the team and one of those other three picks making a team. So you're trading Godwin for two guys. A proving guy for a maybe so with that number one, and certainly a maybe so if one of those fourth, fifth, or the sixth guy were to make the team. I wouldn't do it, but again, I'm sitting behind a computer in my house right now, and not Jason Light, so I don't, I don't have to deal with that. That those that responsibility. <laughs> That's true. Vortex says, "Are you disappointed we didn't bring in a linebacker for more adept in coverage? Do you see us using more dime looks on obvious passing downs? Devin White does not develop in coverage. I just believe the team wants Devin White on the field every play, and I don't necessarily blame them. My thing would be let's find ways to move him around. Let's have him rush. Let's take a D lineman off the field, yeah. have him rush. You know, I would do compensate like for his lack of. Don't 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 try and fit a square peg in a round hole or whatever that dumb saying is. I mean, he's not a coverage linebacker. Utilize him in his best strengths and having him on the football field. It's better having him on the football field and standing on the sideline to stick somebody back there that might be able to cover a little bit. Again, it seemed to work right. out okay last year. Right. Yeah. So there's a, there's just a ceiling with White. They want to see that develop and. And having him on the field is a big part of it. And I get it. You can do a lot of things with him. One thing we just haven't seen a lot from him is man coverage. And so you'll see eventually evolve into that role. Is that something that he does for this team eventually? Um, moreover, does he do it better? Uh, we'll have to see. That'll be part of the development for this season. But having him out he there, He can I get, certainly get better. There's certainly a ceiling yes. for him to get better. I mean, because he was not good. So, so I mean, if, if you're looking for one aspect of his game where there's a potential for him to get better, it's certainly in the coverage right. game right for sure and but you want to have that, that pass rush ability out on the field and so that's where it gets tricky to figure out how to get everybody out there good problem to have again i would love if winfield could play in the slot i think if he can play in the slot this season it does change some things for the buck that allows them to do a little bit more than they did last season and potentially become a, a more dangerous team i think uh, because the slot was a real weakness for them um last season defensively emily says she just bought it and she calls us distinguished gentlemen. I speaking to you with that, that hat and the glasses. Definitely not speaking to me. Are we as excited as she is for this upcoming season? Woohoo! Go Bucks all the way. Love it. And throws up the deuces. Uh, love it. Uh, love the energy. It's exciting, man. Uh, we got mandatory mini camp, and we've kind of set the table for that. We didn't even get necessarily talk about roster battles. We're going to save the battles part for next week as we kind of discuss what we're seeing in camp. Now we're going to save the, the roster battles portion of the conversation uh, for that week, but it is exciting. We've got a lot on the docket for this show uh, for the next couple of weeks and even for throughout the summer uh, months, that throughout the month of July when there's not as much going on. We've got some fun stuff, planned, but it's just great because we've got this contingency of Bucks fans that are just as excited as they possibly can be about this upcoming season, and I'm uh, we are just as excited with them over at Peter Report. Oh. It's been great stuff and continue to be great stuff. Tomorrow we have Mr. Bucks Nation coming on the podcast. 
James Hill will be on with us. We are very excited about that to be able to get his thoughts on kind of everything that he's seeing. That guy studies this team like crazy. And so we are going to get his thoughts on all things Bucks and those camp battles. Some of those camp battles we'll talk about too as we go into camp. Uh, so can't wait to talk to James and do that, continue that cross promotional effort. Go over to Mr. Bucks Nation on YouTube. Subscribe if you haven't. Let James know that you're following him. Leave a leave a comment on his latest video. He's got a great interview with Grant Stewart up there. Uh, he asked a lot of great questions of Grant. I think they went for like an hour, over an hour uh, talking about football and the Bucks and all kinds of stuff. So make sure you check that out and check out James' work. He's doing great stuff over there. Tomorrow. One thing I want to say before Eastern. we get out of here, go John. Ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Are you going to no. announce the guest tomorrow gonna, at 4 p.m. on Mr. Bucks I was Nation? Gonna I was going to wrap it up. I just, I just want to say, uh, number one, we appreciate all of our sponsors here at pewterreport.com, uh, but there's room for more. We want to remind people, if you have a business, if you work for a business that could use some advertising, our web traffic is setting records. And we're not just saying that. We have the Google Analytics to prove it. Oh, yeah. If you've got, if you've got any interest or you think your company could use uh, Pewter Report advertising, it's not near. You know, you see all these, you've got Celsius and Locker Room and, and some of these big national companies. It's not that expensive to advertise. It's really not. And we can certainly get eyes on your business. So contact myself or John or Scott or, or even Matt, whoever it is that you want to help out. But uh, we want to help out your business. And there's opportunities to do that. And right now we're running some great specials before the season starts. John, we are probably going to get to the point during the season. We may not have the inventory. And I say that because we don't want to dilute the amount of impressions that people get. So there is a certain amount of of, of opportunities out there but uh right now we could certainly use some more as we're recovering from uh from a terrible 2020 uh your business could probably use some help recovering as well so get in touch with john scott or myself and, and let us show you how we can get some eyes to your business also make sure to follow us on social um our instagram account we really want to get that up to ten thousand. right now we're almost at eight thousand. so if you're an instagrammer uh go check us out at pewter report and uh follow us there also twitter of course where you uh we, we like to say we're the best bucks twitter out there greg allman would dare to disagree he's pretty damn good i'm not gonna lie uh, but is. we're pretty good as well and uh and of course facebook as well so follow us on all the social media platforms um and i think uh i think we even have an old myspace account you could probably find us on <laughs> just kidding we don't have over on youtube though you can peter report yes. TV. make sure you sub subscribe definitely around it's new uh, scott's new graphic design work that he's got up there scott's doesn't have a voice Tremendous. but he's still got those magic hands for the graphic yes. design he has been chopping away learning as much as he possibly can about that so check out that and subscribe to peter report tv uh so that we can get that we're, we're closing in on five thousand. and yeah. mark mentioned our traffic and i'll say this on social media probably later at some point if i think of it again but uh, pewterreport.com just set another record for traffic in the month of may not even a may. month from football, not, may there's not even football there's no draft <laughs> yes. there's no free agency there's yes. nothing going on except a couple yep. ota practices and we set a all-time pewter report record for the month of may so mm -hmm. it's crazy right, right. now and it's only gonna get this past month it's yep. only gonna it's get crazier gonna get, as we get closer yeah. to the season Right. So it's so great stuff happening over there. And that's all thanks to y'all. So we appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Yes. And we'll catch you again next time on another edition of the Port Podcast. Out. Out.